We all need encouragement, motivation, and inspiration in our life. Each week, Patty will interview guests who will motivate and inspire you through their unique personal and professional experiences. I listen, my mom listens, pretty much the whole family. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. It's drastically changed my life. All of your senses will wake up as you listen to this scrumptious podcast that is sure to tickle your eardrums. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Wake Up with Patty Catter starts now. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. I am very happy to have Tommy Anderson on the show today. Tommy has a list of accomplishments. I'll start with he's a Vietnam veteran. He is an actor, an author, a, a screenwriter, right? That's and correct. how many other things? I mean, we could start at the beginning of the alphabet and just continue from there. Uh, <laughs> photographer, artist. Um. I don't know, I do volunteer work, mm-hmm. uh, mentor, I give classes, so I guess I do quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, you do a lot of things. I see you <laughs> everywhere, and you have uh, an assistant that helps book all of your appointments, and I can see why. I might have to borrow her sometime. <laughs> well, uh, let me tell you, Susan Farisi is my, uh, my right-hand person, my publicist, uh, co-partner with our vet picks also an army and navy veteran oh wow so So she has her stuff together for sure yes definitely Mm -hmm. so i would love it if you could tell our audience just a little bit about yourself as far as where you grew up and how you grew up and then we'll just jump right into more questions after that you bet i grew up uh, in madison wisconsin right in the heartland middle of the country uh middle class uh family in the suburbs Um, at 17, I had graduated from high school. Uh, I was about a month shy of being 18 and I enlisted in the army. Uh, I needed my mom's signature to, to enlist because, uh, I thought it was the thing to do at the time, uh, Vietnam war was going on. And although there were a lot of protests, I, I felt it was my duty and we have a long family tradition of military service going back to the French and Indian war. Hmm. So I, uh, I, I signed up and uh, she wasn't going to sign the papers and, she's, and I just told her, I said, well, you either do it now, mom, or I'm just going to do it in a month. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, so she did. And uh, I went into the service. I spent uh, a couple years there. Back then when they had the draft, you could go in for two years or three years because the draft was two years. So I went in two years. I got out. Uh, started going to school, and I uh, decided I was going to go into public safety. I had joined the uh, uh, sheriff's department, and I was working there part-time while I was going to college, and then I got full-time onto the fire department. In the meantime, I stayed in the military reserve, and I stayed there uh, for 23 years, and I spent 25 years uh, total on the fire department uh, as a firefighter paramedic and then uh, apparatus engineer. Was that in Wisconsin still, or had you moved? That was, that was in Madison, Wisconsin, yes. Mm-hmm. Plus, in the military, uh, I, I uh, had switched over to the uh, Air National Guard into crash fire rescue, which uh, mirrored my civilian job, and I rose up to a deputy fire chief in that, and we, in fact, we had a number of members of my fire department. We were, we were the second largest fire department in Wisconsin, and we, uh, almost everybody on the department 
was also in the, my saver, same reserve unit from my commanding officer on down and caused a few scares when we got called up for Desert Storm because the fire department didn't know what they were going to do and they're going to lose 30 people right off the bat. Wow, but, so uh, you, were, it, you were Vietnam era and Gulf War era. And yes. Yep. What, let's see, what was in between? It fe I feel like there was something in between there. Um, oh, there was Panama, there was Granada. There was several actions, uh, none that uh, I was really directly involved with outside of, uh, you know, training my people for similar type positions. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, we actually were in Panama on a deployment uh, maybe a month before the, uh, the war in Panama. Wow. When uh, they went after Noriega. So we were, uh, we were pretty close and we didn't, didn't uh, realize that it, that was going to go down. Of course, they kept it a pretty good secret. You know, I've heard that um, DNA plays a lot in the role of how you turn out. So if you have um, war veterans in your heritage, I can see why at 17, you just feel that urge to go. Um, it's crazy to me that you were really wanting to go at 17 years old to Vietnam because we hear of all these stories of politicians, or I won't drop any names, or different actors <laughs> who tried to get out of the war. <laughs> so, well, um, well, there were those people, um, but I, I've heard different things about how bad the draftees were and everything, but I'd say three quarters of my company were draftees, mm -hmm. and they were all great people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I if it wouldn't have been for the draft, I probably wouldn't have met the a variety of people I did from across the country. Mm -hmm. And you know a lot of people. Of life. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the men in my company was one of the, part of the Kennedy family out of Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, it touched on a lot of people and he mm -hmm. was the draftee. Mm -hmm. um, when, once you were out and you became a firefighter, where in your lifetime did you decide just one day, did you wake up and say, I wanna do acting, I wanna become a screenwriter? I mean, you have all this um, war blood, this military blood in you and this, and then all of a sudden you wanna act too. Where did that come from? Well, it, it, it took a few years. What, what had happened, I ended up leaving the fire department because I was injured in a fire. I was injured pretty severely. It took me about, um, I don't know, three, three, three and a half years of being in and out of surgeries and physical therapy. And, and uh, they finally uh, said I had to retire because I couldn't return to line duty. Mm -hmm. I tried to stay because I didn't want to leave and take a other position, which was uh, I wanted to either be a investigator or uh, in training because I was already certified as an academy instructor mm -hmm. but it, it didn't work out so when I was out processing from the city uh, one of the ladies who was ended up being a good friend of mine um, had said that from human resources had said that you know you've done so much you've seen a lot of things maybe you should think about writing books mm -hmm. and because uh, I could see you being an author and I, I thought about it and I said, yeah, you know, I, I, I could see that. And I had, uh, I thought about it at the same time I was going through a pretty bad divorce. So it was really, it was really hard for me to focus on a lot of different things, plus raising kids. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, I developed my, my love of photography and I did a lot of photography to the point where I was being hired to do photography. And, and when I, 
I moved to California. I, uh, I did it originally to, uh, to do photography full time. And I wanted to go to a place that didn't have snow. Mm-hmm. And I figured there's three places if I wanted to do photography. One was uh, New York, Chicago, or L.A. <laughs> and uh, no snow won. And being in Florida, you can appreciate yes. I'm <laughs> having from, nice weather most of the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm from Michigan, and I do not miss the snow. <laughs> oh, okay. And I, I actually I had owned land in uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. I owned, I had three acres over by uh, uh, west of, no, just east of Sarasota. Mm-hmm. And I was going to build down there, and I thought, no, I don't want to, I don't want to stake myself in one place. So, um end up selling the property and then when I moved out here um, I didn't I got really into photography and I started getting getting recognized I got into some magazines uh, but it was really cutthroat business out here and not so much in a mean way but one thing that was explained to me once when I was working with a gentleman from uh, Newsweek we were doing some photography and he said that you know out here we've got 3,000 new photographers every month. I don't know if that's true or not. He says, and and you always have to stay one step ahead of all of them. Mm -hmm. And I used to go to events all the time. I was always on the go. I'm surprised I met my wife because because of that. But she she shared my passion for photography. So it it kind of went went, uh, hand in hand. But I had, um, I, I got myself in, into the car culture out here because I was always a car nut and I got to know a lot of the big people in the car industry out here and I started doing photography with them and for them at their events and also my aviation love I got involved with uh, the aviation museums out here because we have a lot of them that I used to follow in magazines and after a few years I started doing photography for them also and so I I um that was my, my passion. I didn't care if I get paid or not. I just, I just enjoyed doing it. And, uh, I was actually at a, um, I had started writing a book a couple times and I would taken some classes. We had a, a program out here, which was, uh, it was a writing program for veterans that, uh, you could learn how to, how to be an author. And I took some of those classes and they started getting interesting. And I started writing, uh, you know, doing notes and I started doing out a, uh, an idea, and I, but I couldn't think of what to do because people had said, well, maybe you should write about firefighting, write what you know, do that type of thing. But I didn't want to go there because I was dealing with a lot of PTSD from the fire department, from mm-hmm. you know, all the bad stuff we see. Oh, yeah. And um, so I, I just thought, well, when the right thing hits me, I will write it. Well, I was in 2015, I was doing photography for uh, Plains Fame Museum out here in Chino, which they're like the next to my wife, the love of my life. And I had, um, on the very last day afterwards, I hit a hole and I fell down and I rebroke my back and I was taken by ambulance. Uh, ended up in LA, they did an emergency surgery and um, I had complications. I almost died. I ended up in the ICU for. Uh, for about five or six days and the trauma surgeon who saved my life um, he had a I had a spontaneous uh, bilateral uh, 
pneumothorax when I came out of surgery. And he had a cut into my chest to relieve the, uh, the tension. And he said, I can't give you any anesthetic. I can't do anything, but Whoa. you just have to, you know, bear with it. I know it's going to hurt. You're going to hate me. And he said that you're a, a firefighter and a veteran, you're a hero, no heroes die on me. And, uh, he did it. It was terrible. I, I, I can't even, can't even express how much it hurt to have him cut in. Uh, immediately after he was in, though, he, he, uh, they knocked me out to the IV. They, they had the nurse give me a, a, a good shot of, a, of medication. But he, but he needed to see my response after he got in there, and he couldn't do that if he was unconscious. And so after that, I had told him when I was uh, recovering that uh, this is, marks the change in my life. I'm going to cut back on photography. I'm going to get into doing, to writing. Um, I needed to do something that wasn't quite as stressful on me as, as going all over for shooting pictures. Mm -hmm. Even I do it a little bit, but not anything like I, like I used to. And so I started writing uh, my book, Haboob Wind. I, I, while I was laid up for quite a while, I had, uh, I would watch a lot of the different news events that were going around the world. And I, I thought, you know, I could write a, a timely uh, thriller based on current events and tie it into my experience from the military and the fire department and make it realistic. And so that's what I did. I, I wrote this. I got more involved with taking classes with the, uh, it was called Veterans Publishing out of San Diego, part of the Us for Warriors Network. And uh, I, uh, I, I went through the process. I, I had the book uh, was published. It was popular, which um, gave me more interest in, in, in doing that. And I, was, I also I, I changed my uh, American Legion post to uh, Hollywood Post 43, and I got an invitation to join uh, Veterans in Media and Entertainment, which uh, represents uh, veterans in the uh, entertainment business. Uh, with advice and training and placement. And, and it's just like one thing led to another. I was contacted by a studio that says, hey, I, I read your uh, book and I think it could make a movie. And that's what actually got me into it. And while I was doing that, a couple of people I had met through VME and through some other places said, hey, you know, we got a spot in a, in a film. Uh, somebody called in sick. Are you doing anything this weekend? And, and that, that's what started it. And before I knew it, I was scouted and had an agent and I had been on some television shows and several movies and, and, uh, I kind of got bitten by the bug. Mm -hmm. And so we had, um, uh, I, the, the studio had tried, uh, having several uh, screenwriters write the screenplay for my book, a move went, which is a terrorist, uh, type scenario where, uh, uh, enemy force in 2020 tries to take over the United States through military and sleeping terrorists hmm. by taking out all of our systems in the country with electronic pulse weapons. And the story is about how uh, the FBI and the military fight back against it. It's, it was pretty intriguing and, and I, I enjoyed doing it. And, and so they, they came back to me and said, well, we can't get it done. People are said it's too intricate because my book covered a 10-year period and had a lot of characters, a lot of twists. And a friend of mine who's a director in Hollywood 
who's also a veteran, had said, you know, you know the book. He said, you can learn screenwriting. He says, you could write the screenplay. So I, I said, okay. So I started taking some classes and online and uh, read a bunch of books. And I, I made a bunch of mistakes. I, I uh, did, I don't know how many drafts of it before, you know, I was told, yeah, it's starting to come along. And I had, um, I guess I just got better at it mm -hmm. to the point where I'm um, going to be pitching it to Lionsgate in a little over a week. Mm -hmm. And I got that opportunity through VME. I had to write a synopsis that we submitted to uh, Lionsgate Studio. And I was one of out of 160 some applications uh, wow. they had. Uh, I was one of the few that got picked to go before them and and uh, and do an actual pitch. So it's really uh, uh, really exciting. And, and we also um, during this time, I, I finished another book, which is in the process of being published uh, on the Civil War. And I had um, uh, some friends of mine who are also veterans. We uh, we were all part of a a TV sitcom plot called The Smartleys, which I was one of the co-creators and co-stars. And we kind of gelled in that and we kind of bit our teeth at, at making a pilot production for television, which is still out there. I mean, we're still working on marketing. We've done some submissions for uh, maybe doing it on, on an internet type platform, also web, web TV. And out of that, um, the GI Film Festival came up and la last year I got invited there because a movie that was done, I uh, let it off the GI Film Festival called uh, Take Me Home Huey. And I was a photographer and advisor on the film. And I got invited to be on the red carpet at the GI Film Festival last year. And I, and I was there, it won an Emmy through PBS for documentary. And it's just like, um, things kept going and I, I have uh, I have a strong faith relation belief and uh, things happen for a reason and God gives you opportunities and, and if you don't see them it's your loss mm -hmm. you've got to be willing to chance it and go out and do stuff and I had uh, at, out of that I'm sorry I'm skipping all over the place but no, out, of that, we had, uh, out of that we decided um, the GI Film Festival and the Armed Forces uh, Film Symposium came up with a challenge. They said for uh, to make a uh, film, a military film short, and they gave us 30 days to do it in. We had to, we had to develop our budget, do everything. Mm -hmm. And so uh, three of us veterans formed VetPix Productions mm -hmm. out of San Diego. And we created, I wrote the screenplay for the movie called uh, Life After Oblivion, and it's about the uh, PTSD on a, on a Marine a sniper out of Afghanistan. And uh, some of what he did in, in Afghanistan and then, then being at home. And so we filmed it, and uh, we can't show it yet because of the requirements from uh, the film festival but it turned out really well. We, it's like everything gelled with the, our permits. We got great actors. Um, I had a small part in that. I had a friend of mine, uh, I'm gonna just shout out to Tina Hargett. She, um, a singer songwriter wrote the, uh, 
title song for me. It's it's just absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, it became my passion because um, in actuality, her son who had spent seven or eight years in the army and the infantry had killed himself last October. Mm -hmm. And uh, she had reached out to me that we need to do something. And so we, uh, when this opportunity came up, I, we had some uh, subject matters that we could choose our movie from. And I said, I'm going to do one on PTSD and I'm going to dedicate it to him. And maybe that's why everything came out just right. And uh, I think we, I think God saw what we were doing and, and helped it along. And then COVID-19 came up and screwed everything up and delayed everything. Yeah, But uh, I dedicated the film and the screenplay to him and, uh, 27 other guys from his unit that have killed themselves mm -hmm. since they returned from Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's, uh, that's how we got into that. And we decided to start this podcast that I had actually talked to you before about. Mm -hmm. uh, we got the name of the, the Take Back Network and Tina and I are both going to do it. And we're going to talk to people, uh, touch on PTSD somewhat and give people resources. But we want to talk to people about taking back their lives and saying, you know, if you want to be a writer, be a writer. This is what you need to do. If you want to, if you want to be an actor, be an actor. If you want to be a plumber, be a plumber. Mm -hmm. But we're going to bring in different people from, from different areas. And we have no shortage of people that want to talk about doing that. You know, it's the time to, to be uh, what you really want to be. And the only buddy, person holding you back is yourself. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, Tommy, could you? That's, that's a little synopsis. <laughs> that's amazing. Can you give us your social media contacts so that our listeners can find you on social media? Right. My social media is, uh, my website is thetommyanderson.com. And on, um, uh, let's see, it's got all my links on there because I have to <laughs> think on Facebook. I've, I've got, um, I use DLM8HN, David Lincoln, Mary, the number eight hotel, November, which huh? I'll, I'll copy that and uh, make sure that I put a link out there for you. <laughs> yeah, but it stands for Dalmatian. And I've used that. I had that on my license plate and everything when I was in the fire department. Huh. So um, I use that as on, uh, as on Inst I think you can get that on Instagram. That's for sure my Facebook. My Facebook name okay. uh, that if they put that in, it'll come up. Right. And uh, otherwise, my uh, publicist, Susan Faris out of uh, San Diego with S mm -hmm. SJF Communications is my uh, contact and scheduling person. And she's amazing, everybody. Um, so um, everybody who's listening, go to it's thetommyanderson.com. Yes. For your website to get more information on Tommy and um, you're available for speaking events as well, correct? Oh, yes, I am. Okay. Very much yes. so. So anybody listening, um, go to his website. You can find his book. You can find all the information about him. You'll be able to um, contact his publicist and book him for speaking engagements. And Tommy, thank you so much for being on the show. I've been wanting to interview you for quite a while. You're so interesting. And um, <laughs> well, well, thank you, Patty. I wanted to be on for a while. You, you as well. You do a great job. Thank you. I feel like we could have a whole series just about Tommy on the show. <laughs> well, 
Well, I don't know about that. I'm I, I'm I'm kind of laid back, and I just go with the flow. Uh, I'm not it. too I'm not too much of a, a a media hound, which has been really hard for me to overcome. And you should probably realize that coming from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely, that's, I, that's the I, hardest I, thing. It is. <laughs> I have a really big problem with that, actually, too. So yes, I agree. Well, thank you, Tommy, for every or for being on the show, and thank you everybody for listening. And um, I look forward to this is going to be on all um, podcast platforms um, probably by next right. Friday, and um, we're going to put the video out as well. So thank you, Tommy, and thank you everybody. Capture a picture of us. Oh, okay. Ready? Thank you so much, Patty. Every- okay, thank yeah, you. I did. I got it already. Okay, thanks. Okay, have a great day. You Bye. too. Bye. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. Be sure to visit www.pattycatter.com for the latest podcasts, articles, and swag. Also, be sure to follow Patty on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Patty Catter. At Patty Catter.